We noted in our first conference this weekend that one of the ways the Church speaks of the heart of Our Lady is that it is like the harp of King David, that instrument which makes inspired praise of the great things of God. And reflecting on that, it is good to note that every single Christian hymn is the child of the singing of Mary. That the music of Our Lady's heart is the fountain of all of the music in the New Testament, including the great hymns of our liturgy. The Benedictus, the Canticle of Zachary of morning prayer, follows only after the singing of the heart of Mary. The song of the angels breaking forth from heaven over earth on the night of the nativity is itself the fruit of the singing of the heart of Mary. The canticle of Simeon, my eyes have seen the salvation that you have prepared, is itself the child of the singing of the heart of Mary. For the very first song of the New Testament begins, Magnificat anima mea dominum. And it is from the notes of Our Lady's song that all of the songs of the Christian heart then proceed. What a marvelous understanding this is, this fountain of praise, this fountain of song, and how wonderfully what proceeds afterwards corresponds to the very first words. Magnificat anima meum dominum. We are familiar with the English translation, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. But the Latin does not say proclaim, it says magnificat. It says amplifies, makes large. What a curious statement because it is impossible to make God larger. Even the Lord himself cannot do that. He can't make himself bigger than he is. And so we have this wonderfully mysterious hymn inspired by the spirit from the woman who bears the Lord within her. Magnificat anima deum. My heart, my soul, the inward part of me amplifies, makes larger the Lord. And note what follows upon that. Zachary, father of John the Baptist, singing in joy at the birth of his son, recognizes something and sings, again from the Latin, of the Orient from on high that breaks upon us the Orient, the light from the East. I have seen something breaking upon us in the nearness of the Lady. And as the Lord comes to birth in Our Lady's arms and turns his face heavenward from earth for the first time, heaven looks down and sees the face of Christ.
and rejoices. But note again the turning upward of the face, the seeing of him, the visibility of the Lord, and the joy that follows. And what does Simeon say? But dismiss, O Lord, your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen. In the presence of Our Lady, what had been hidden is magnified, amplified, is visible. Magnificat anima meum dominum. This is why St. Louis de Montfort speaks of Our Lady as that one who causes the presence of her son to burst forth into view. My soul magnifies the Lord. My heart magnifies him, brings him into view, amplifies his presence and his nearness. What a marvelous expression that is to magnify the Lord. She doesn't make the Lord any larger, any greater than he is. But rather, hers is that heart that always finds more room for his presence. Hers is that mind that always focuses more fully upon him. She cannot make him larger, but she can open more space to him. She can surrender more of herself to him. And in doing so, her heart, revealing him to us, also teaches us. Likewise, in our lives, we too can learn to magnify the Lord. Not by making him any greater. We cannot do that. But we can magnify the Lord by focusing our thoughts more fully upon him. We can magnify the Lord by singing with more vigor of his glory. Our hearts, our spirits can magnify the Lord by making him the motivation for our acting. How absolutely marvelous this is. This capacity which she discovers inside herself to magnify, to amplify, not by lending him any greatness at all, because no one can do that but by turning her heart to him in such a way that more of his face might shine forth more fully from her. It is no accident, then, that the monstrance is most perfectly present before us in the form of a sun, light that shines upon us, the presence of Christ, the light of Christ, the orient from on high breaking over us that we might see him. But not simply before us, but also within us. How absolutely beautiful. This is the hidden power of devotion to Our Lady, devotion to the heart of Our Lady. To first experience this marvelous amplification of his presence that comes from her nearness that eyes that would not see him otherwise suddenly can be filled with the light of his goodness. But then to learn how within the darkened corners of our hearts that light might break and its presence might likewise be magnified, amplified by those hearts that learn to beat in time to the beating of Our Ladies, 
to learn, to drink from the well of that joyful proclamation of her delight at the Lord who lives always within her. Magnificat anima meum dominum. It is her great song, and therefore it is the fountain of all real Christian song, of all real Christian celebration, including even the angelic celebration of heaven itself. What a marvelous reality that is indeed. And how wonderful that our hearts may learn not simply to hear that music, but to sing it themselves. And how good it is then that in his presence, we might ask heaven for that great gift, the Orient from on high truly shining in our hearts in a way that our hearts and our spirits in whatever halting manner might learn to likewise magnify, amplify, glorify that presence so that not just ourselves, but the world might bear witness to it. And in no small measure, it is wonderful to reflect on this just a moment before we lift up the monstrance and bear the presence of the Lord in procession. Movement with the sacrament, movement with the monstrance in the form of, a, of the sun. And what do we hear in scripture? From one end of the sky is the rising of the sun. To the other end of the sky is its course. And at the very beginning of the earthly life of Jesus, at that point where heaven meets earth, is the heart of Mary. And from that tent that the Lord has placed at the end of the sky, the sun, the great sun of justice, issues forth. And it runs its course, and we hear nothing is concealed from its burning heat. And so it is that the fullness of human life is assumed by Christ, lived by Christ, taken in by Christ, even to that life running its course to Calvary. And at that other end of the sky, the course, the setting of the sun, the tent is there again, the heart of Mary. And as the sun sets, in a sense, on the life of the Lord on the cross, there is that heart at the other end of the sky to receive him, that other place where heaven meets earth. And beautifully and wonderfully, as the Lord who sets on Calvary rises again on Easter Sunday, that first heart to be filled with the light of his rising is the heart of Our Lady, which holds within it the joy of Easter, singing with even greater vigor, Magnificat anima meum domine. How absolutely marvelous. We lift the monstrance from the altar as if from one end of the sky, and we trace its course through this building physically, and we bring it back here, reminding ourselves that every aspect of our life is lived and realized under the light 
of the great son of the incarnation, the great son of salvation. Placing him here again on our altar to enthrone him once more, joyously, joyously. But we celebrate the movement of his light in the world, and we celebrate the joy that that light brings to us. How good it is to do this. On the one hand, it is a very simple thing. We walk together in procession. And yet, on the other hand, there is a deep and exquisite, joyful beauty hidden within all of this. And the procession itself is a reminder that the Lord longs for his light to go forth in each of us into this world that he has come to save and into this world that still needs his light. That the true Christian does so not grudgingly, but joyfully with the notes of a song, Magnificat Anima Meum Dominum.